Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to It's Not a Crisis. I am your host, Doran Wallach. I'm an entrepreneur, a mother of two, a wife, and a 40-something trying to figure out what is happening in this decade. Why is no one talking about it? I created this podcast to help women in their late 30s and 40s to figure out what is going on in our mind, body, soul, and life. We may laugh, we may cry, we may get frustrated, but most importantly, my goal is to make this next chapter of life positive. I'm also full of my own questions and I'm here to go on this journey with you. So let's do it together. Hey everyone, you are listening to It's Not a Crisis, a podcast for women in their late 30s and 40s seeking to navigate life's challenges and make the most of it. I am your host, Doran Wallach, and today I want to talk about, very briefly, because I'm going to bring a professional on because this is not my expertise. However, I have struggled with hormones since the day I got my period. I want to share my story, which is not easy for me, but at the same time, I want to let you know that I haven't 100% resolved it, but I'm working with an amazing doctor right now who is going to come on the show. So that is really exciting. One of the things I find baffling is that so many women in their late 30s and 40s don't know what perimenopause is. I've only recently learned what it is because just kind of checking in with myself and saying, what is going on with my body? And every cycle, my period changes. I'm 43 years old. I, you know, I'm not going through menopause yet. So perimenopause means around menopause, and it refers to the time that your body is going to make that transition to menopause. You could be in this stage, I hate to tell you, for 15, sometimes even 20 years. You could start in your early 30s. It could start in your mid-40s. I definitely think something has started for me, but it's always been an issue. So again, we will go through this more thoroughly in another podcast, but know that you are not alone, that if you are feeling like all of a sudden your cycle is short or long, or um, you're having menopause-like symptoms, but it's not full-blown menopause, this is normal. Some of the things that you can look for, if your period goes up and down, if you have days that where it's lighter or heavier, that sometimes is what's happening with your body, perimenopause, mood swings, irritability. Anyone else feel PMS where they like their skin is crawling off their body? For me, my biggest struggle is irritability and sleep. So those are also other issues. Sometimes there are vaginal or bladder problems, sexual function, loss of bone, change in cholesterol. So all of these things can start to happen. I don't want to make this negative. Uh, I do want to say that I am going to find the best of the best. The doctor I have coming on here is one of the most world-renowned reproductive psychiatrists. We will talk more about that on the show with him. So uh, I don't want to get into that too much. But what I do want to say is I want to quickly tell you about my hormone journey. You know, if anyone else can relate, you're not alone. So my first period, I got it when I was almost 13. I had heavy, 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 heavy periods. I would spend time in the nurse's office. I had to change my tampon 10 times a day. 
I was home from school with cramps and I got migraines. And this was just at 13. I eventually went on birth control to help all of this. And it did, but I was on it for so many years. I didn't even realize what birth control had contributed to in my body, mentally and physically. So I decided to get pregnant around 29 and I went off the pill and I experienced the most horrific time I can even tell you about depression, anxiety, irritability, sleep, half flashes, just so many different things. Took me a a while to have that all subside, which usually happens with the pill. It depends on your body. And then I got pregnant. And when I tell you when I was pregnant, I felt amazing. I felt things rolled off my shoulders. I was just easygoing and I had no idea I didn't even think, I guess I was so young. I didn't know why. So like, I just feel really great. And I gave birth to my daughter. I had a pretty traumatic birth with her, um, 48 hours of unmedicated labor because they wouldn't medicate me because I wasn't dilated. Ended up having an emergency C-section. So after she came out, I remember a nurse coming in to talk to me about postpartum depression. And this is 2007, which you would think we were talking about postpartum depression then, but it was almost just coming out. It was right after Brooke Shields' book came out. And the nurse came into my room and said, you know, I just want to give you some pamphlets on postpartum depression. And I was like, oh, I'm fine. I, yeah, okay, great. But I'm, I'm cool. I feel great. Day four, my milk came in. I, like many women, cried hysterically nonstop. I sunk into this high, 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 high anxiety depressed stage. Uh, The depression wasn't as bad as the anxiety. The anxiety was out of control. That proceeded for a very long time. Unfortunately, I could not find help. It was hard for me to leave the house with my daughter for seven weeks because I was so anxious about doing something wrong in public. And my husband was home at the time. So thank God he was so helpful, but nobody would help me. I went to my OBGYN and she looked at me and said, Oh, you're always so happy during, you know, when you're pregnant, you were great and like bubbly and you just seem really off. I don't know. You know, are you okay? And I said, I don't know. I, you know, I feel terrible. She's like, Hmm, so weird. No discussion of you might have postpartum depression. It was like crawling out of quicksand. I did the research myself. I ended up finding a psychiatrist. Wasn't a great one who bounced me off medication after medication. Um, most of which put me into a deep depression, more depressed than I was. So I really gave up on medication and I was really frustrated and I really just lived in pain, not physical pain, but mental pain for a while until I got pregnant with my son, which was almost three years later. And then I felt great again. And I can remember my husband joking with me saying that I should be a surrogate for life. And that was not funny at the time. It was just there was nobody explaining to me, why do I feel good pregnant? Why do I not feel good when I'm not pregnant? So I always knew I had issues with hormones. Um, my second child, I ended up having, after my first, I had a thyroid condition, uh, Hashimoto's disease that I found. They ended up putting me on medication. I had a miscarriage and I found a doctor who put me on medication and I got pregnant the next month with my son. And postpartum with my son was different. I had a lot of the emotional feels, but I was already a mother. So I had that anxiety part of it out of the equation. I I knew what I was doing. However, though, I, I still didn't feel well. It took 
many years and many different things for me to get back on a normal track. For me, one of the things that was life-changing was a medication called metformin. Glumetza is the generic name or vice versa. I went on it. It's interesting. It was, it's a uh, diabetes drug that is used for sometimes obesity. And I was talking to uh, a friend of my sister-in-law about how I couldn't lose weight after having kids, no matter what I did and, you know, feeling sluggish and this and that. And I had Hashimoto's disease. And she said, you know, I, I want you to go see this obesity doctor in New York. So I went in and he put me on metformin glumetza. And within two months, I started to get my period more regularly. I used to have two days a month where I felt happy. It was like every single month I was waiting for this just bomb to drop on my life or to just go up on a roller coaster and down again. And I would only get two days to, so I would try to be productive in those two days. And then the rest of the month I would be depressed and anxious. So I, I got on this medication and after a couple months, my periods start to become regular and I have the same PMS that I've always had my whole life, but it was more predictable. So I started using an app, tracking my, um, my periods flow app is my favorite. So once I did that, I was able to deal with the hormones in a different way. Having the predictability was helpful for me, but it didn't change how I felt premenstrually. I've tried really for six months, I cut out dairy, sugar, alcohol, gluten, and that actually worked really, really well, but it was just not sustainable for me. I still incorporate a little of that into my life, but I I, I do everything in moderation. I don't eat a ton of dairy. I don't eat a ton of grain. I drink, but I try to do it once a week, sometimes more depending on the week. (laughs) That helps in knowing what you should be eating during different times of your cycle. But that is so much easier said than done. So you listen to all these experts telling you, you've got to eat this, this, and this. And not sure about you, but when I am very close to my period, I could eat like, I don't know, an entire pizza, pasta, cookies. It's like, don't get in my way here I come. So it's not easy. That is not easy. A year ago, actually, I went to my gynecologist and I said, this cycle is getting worse every single month. And she's like, well, your options are antidepressant or the pill. And I said, I'm, I'm just nervous about going on the pill. I just don't want to mess with my hormones, but I'll try it. So she put me on low, low estrin. After two weeks on that, I sunk into a horrific depression. And I knew it wasn't me. I just did. I'd never been like that. Not even postpartum. And, uh, I, I called my doctor and she said, stick it out three months. You'll start to feel better. And there was no way in hell I was doing it. So after the first pack, I dumped it. I stopped taking it. It took me three months to get back to normal after I took the pill. And listen, if the pill works for you, amazing. It, it does work for some women. I just, I don't know. I think my reaction to it when I go off of it, and this is now the third time I've gone off of it, is so bad that it makes me question what I'm putting in my body. Let me preface that with, I'm, I am no advocate for like what you should or shouldn't put in your body because I, I have my flaws too, but I was always very against medication. So fast forward to the pandemic happened and I was feeling normal anxiety, like everybody in the world. I had seen a psychiatrist that referred me to a reproductive psychiatrist in Boston. When I had uh, my thyroid condition, I went to a doctor, male doctor, and I was crying 
And I said, I just feel so awful. I don't know what's going on with me. And he said, here's the deal. You're going to miscarry about six times. Once you get on your sixth miscarriage, give me a call and then I'll put you on medication and you need to diet and exercise. That was what he said to me. I couldn't believe it. And my husband, bless him, he's the best person in the world, but he's a little passive. He kind of just stood there and I, I was just bawling. And he, he really made me feel like there was no hope. So recently, about April or May, I started speaking to Dr. Lee Cohen, who is a reproductive psychiatrist in Boston. I have never in my life had somebody so extremely intelligent and knowledgeable and understanding and sympathetic and was able to listen to my story and go, classic, classic. Yep. This is nothing I haven't seen before. So he had suggested antidepressant. I said, listen, I really hate pills. I'm sensitive to cold medicine. Anything I take, I have a really strong reaction. Caffeine. He said, okay, if you let me, if you be patient with me, let me put you on a microdose of Prozac. I will start you at two milligrams and I, you will do that for two weeks and we will slowly go up. Every couple of weeks I would speak to him. He patiently sat there and listened to me whine and complain. I had emailed him as well and he was always responsive. And now just to let you know where I am, I am now on 40 milligrams of Prozac. I could easily go up. I was able to not have any side effects, which was amazing. No doctor has ever done this with me before. And I've been to a few psychiatrists and I'm not going to tell you that we are there yet, but I do find this sense of like a happiness in my life that I've never had before. And I feel this confidence I've never had before, which I think is probably because some of my anxiety has gone away. And I feel like I really don't give a shit about what anyone thinks about me anymore. I mean, I want them to like me as a, a person and I want them to like me for the good things about me, but anything negative, I don't care. So I don't know if that's, you know, part of our age or if that's the antidepressant. I also struggle with sleep. And so he has put me on clonopin for sleep, which I'm not an advocate for medication, but I do feel that without proper sleep, we're unable to do anything else productive in our life. And it makes our anxiety worse. And he has reassured me that it's safe to take it. And he'd rather me get sleep so that I feel better mentally. So we are now increasing. Last month during ovulation, I had three extremely irritable days and I emailed him and said, what's going on? I thought this was supposed to get better. So now what he's doing is alternating me on three days a week, 60 milligrams of Prozac, which he said builds up in your body. So, you know, in a few weeks, you'll be able to feel it. He didn't want to throw me on 60 every day. And he just wanted it to even out. He's brilliant. He's just the way he explains things is a way that a doctor had never explained anything to me before in the past. So again, I try to keep my diet okay. I really do try to eat healthy when I can, but I indulge when I want to. And I exercise four days a week now, which we've talked about a lot. I do 20 minutes and it's been helpful. I'm glad I'm doing it. I don't actually get those exercise endorphins everyone talks about. I don't know. But I do feel better kind of keeping myself in shape and just feeling stronger. And that helps my mind. And then the other thing I've learned with PMS, actually, I've been diagnosed with PMDD, which is a whole other podcast and just something that nobody understands. And when I explain it, even to some of my closest friends, they they're like, oh, well, I get that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. it's not the same thing. PMDD is a lot worse than just regular PMS. 
And there are so many that struggle with it. And I'm on a wonderful message board where women are supporting each other. And it's just, it's very hard. And it's very hard to explain it to anybody else. Nobody else gets it if they don't have it. So that's where I am in my journey. One other thing that I think helps is when I am in that stage of PMS and I'm really having bad days, I don't schedule meetings or phone calls or see friends and I try to limit myself with my family. I know that sounds terrible, but I don't want to explode on them. So I'll try, my husband will take over and I will try to just spend time in my room or take a walk or before I was going to the movies by myself, whatever, whatever I need to do and not feel guilty about it. You have to tell your partner or whoever you live with that, you know, you need this time and uh, you need it to feel better and you need it for the sake of everybody else. You want to spare those people in your life. That's just a quick little bit about this. I do feel that I am on a positive path. I I do feel that things are getting better. So I have hope for the first time since I was 12 years old. And um, I am going to speak with Dr. Cohen on the podcast. So please, please, please email me any of your questions I want to have some things waiting for him. I also want to have about five tips that I think would be relevant. It would really mean a lot to me for you guys to really get involved. You can either post in the group. You can email me. It's not a crisis at gmail.com. Message me on Instagram, whatever way you want, but I, I want to help you. I do this podcast to help women. I'm not benefiting and I'm not selling anything from it. I, I would love to do this as a job. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but your input is so important and it feels so good to bring some knowledge and some ease to all of you. So thank you for listening. Thank you. I'd love to hear what you think. This was not easy for me to talk about publicly, but I'm, I'm really happy that I'm able to. And once I feel a hundred percent, I'm going to share the story even more because we need to just get out there and talk about this. It's just, it's not okay that this age is kind of neglected. Not kind of, we are, we're neglected in the stage and doctors just look at us like we're nuts. So I hope to help you in any way I can. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast so that more women can learn about it. And I love your comments on Instagram. I love connecting with you. I love making you laugh. So please keep doing that as well. And I will be back soon with another podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to give yourself permission and know that you are not alone. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reviews are always appreciated. And you can reach me by email at it's not a crisis at Gmail, Instagram, it's not a crisis podcast. And please join our Facebook group as well. Until next time, just remember. It's not a crisis.